This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 18th. Welcome. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a guy who... Always wears Crocs to dinner. Jason Shepard. That is incorrect. I do not own Crocs. I, I have, don't either. I have never very owned Crocs. Apparently, apparently, apparently uh, they're very big in the medical community. Mm. A lot of, lot of, lot of, of nurses and doctors yeah, yeah. wear them walking around. Uh, but I, I have never owned a pair. I don't plan to own a pair. Not anti-Crocs. Would you wear them if given? Sure, why not? Okay. Are you going to give me some? Well, there are people. There are crocs that may want to donate. We we did not begin this show just wanting to talk about crocs for no apparent reason. No, we did. Uh, There is a reason why. Other news. Our own Spencer Linton put out this uh, picture on uh, the Twitter yesterday. For some reason, he was in Carolina. Not quite sure why. Uh, and had dinner with Brady Christensen and Micah Simon. Hey, how cool is that? He's back in Utah. Yeah, yeah, it was like a day it, trip. Yeah, it was a day trip. Who goes on a day trip well, to Charlotte? When you're Spencer Linton, you can, <laughs> so, you can do it. Well, look, we all want to be Spencer, okay? Yeah. But Micah Simon, you can tell if you look at the bottom of the picture, He's wearing the Crocs, Crocs okay. to dinner. Okay, Brady Christensen's wearing the Jays. I like that. Yes. He also looks like he's very tired. Maybe we caught he him in just, a, This may have been post-meal, I and he's had a lot. It was post Malone and post meal. So yeah, the moral of the story here: Crocs are legit. Micah Simon wore them. He said that's the key to the uh, sixty-four yard catch against Tennessee. Tim Wallace uh, tweeted tweets in. I can't decide what my favorite part of this picture is, but I'm leaning towards Crocs. So there you go. Someone donate Crocs to Jason. And by the way, welcome back. It's good to be. You've back. been on a little vacay. Good to be back. Went to uh, Phoenix. Went to Puerto Penasco in uh, Mexico. So it was, hanging it was, out on the beach a I little was bit. Hanging out on the beach, man. It was great. It's great. Very nice. I forgot how to do this. What do we do next? Oh, the show lineup. We can just okay. go to break. It's fine. Oh, okay. show's over. It's Coming fine. Up. It's done. Here's the show lineup. Who will have a better season at quarterback? Zach Wilson or Taysom Hill? Yeah, we're going there. It's a juicy <laughs> Tuesday in May. Ball night for BYU baseball against Utah. Let's go. Let's go. Head coach Mike Littlewood will join the program. The latest bracketology from uh, Joe Lenardi. In May? How far out are the Cougars? Does it even matter when it's in May? And how much brisket did the offensive Ooh. line consume at Bam Bam's yesterday? We've got a photo that we need to break down. That and more answered in the next hour, beginning with today's headlines. I'm going to tell you how much brisket I'm going to eat at lunch today. I'm really hungry now. No, seriously, I'm going I'm going there afterwards. I'm eating brisket. Can I go with you? Yeah, let's go. All right, done. Lunch plans are made. <laughs> According to Pro Football Focus, nice to do that live on air. According to Pro Football Focus, Zach Wilson ranks 30th out of the 32 NFL starting quarterbacks. How dare they? Zach had the highest single-season passing grade of the PFF college era. That's 95.5. We will discuss this more coming up in What's Trending. Final week of the season for BYU Baseball, beginning with Utah at home tonight, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app, BYU Radio 107.9 FM, and the BYU Cougars app as well. BYU 1 and 2 versus Utah. Cougars can tie it up tonight. ESPN's Joe Lenardi came out with a very early bracketology, and he has BYU currently as the seventh team out other teams in the quote-unquote next four-out category include Creighton, Wichita State, and Boise State. We'll discuss that more coming up as well. Men and women's track rankings are updated this week. Women fall seven spots to 16. Men fell three spots to fifth. Both uh, top 20. Great. 
NCAA West preliminaries are in College Station, Texas, starting May 27th. Softball's Autumn Moffat Korth was named WCC Pitcher of the Week, winning that award for the fifth time this season. Autumn finished the week with 18 strikeouts, no walks, 10 hits, and only one run for an ERA of 0.54. That is good. I'm guessing it should be the WCC Pitcher of the Year, and perhaps we'll know that today. Uh, I would imagine that there will be a lot of BYU softball players yes. earning postseason awards. Yes, I'm guessing we'll find that out soon. Perhaps Certainly. Today. Okay, Team USA Volleyball releases its 19-man roster for the Volleyball Nations League. Three Cougars on it, Taylor and Brendan Sander, Ben Patch as well. Davide Gardini playing for the Italian roster too. Also, Gabi Garcia-Fernandez is headed to Italy to play for AS Volley Lube, who won the most recent Italian Cup championship in April. So good luck to all of those guys. Uh, Puerto Rico not in the Volleyball Nations League. Otherwise, Gabi Garcia-Fernandez would be good. Carson Lundell tied for 51st after round one at the Washington Regional. Round two of the NCAA Regionals is today. Final round takes place tomorrow at Tumble Creek Club in Washington. And six of the 13 All-MCLA Invitational uh, men's lacrosse team are from BYU, including Jake Halverson, Kate Giles, Tyler Clancy, Jacob Barrett, Jared Cotter, and Mason Moon. Congratulations to those. All rise and shout. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. So as mentioned, Pro Football Focus released a list of the top starting quarterbacks in the NFL, 1 through 32. Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston at 24. Zach Wilson at 30 out of 32. So this begs the question, let's discuss, who will have the better year at quarterback, Taysom Hill or Zacharias Wilson? Okay, um, let's just go ahead and acknowledge the elephant in the room as you mentioned it it is a slash situation it's right leg now. leg day <laughs> that's not oh no no no, no. Oh. so only one of these quarterbacks right now we know is the starting quarterback and that's zach wilson true right now as of today we do not know that Taysom hill is going to be the starting quarterback we certainly hope that's the case we as byu centric uh, would certainly love for him Are to be. Are you sure about that? Look around this set and <laughs> would, tell me that. Would love for him to be. We think he should get the starting job over Jameis Winston. In I don't our think biased it, opinion. Yes, I don't think anybody would uh, would assume we would go any other direction than that. Uh-huh. But as of today, Zach Wilson is the only one of the two that we know will be a starting quarterback this season in the NFL. If Taysom starts, and we all hope he does, I think. I break it down this way. I think Zach has the better stats. I think the quarterback stats, whether it's yards, passing touchdowns, what the, the numbers that you look at at a quarterback, I yeah. think Zach Wilson puts up better stats. I don't think there's any question we would certainly expect the New Orleans Saints with all of the weapons oh that they have to have the better season from a win-loss that's, record. That's not in question So at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I – I have a hard time splitting the two because what what are you going to determine in terms of the better who's going to have a better year if if it's and, based and off of better? individual stats? What is better? That's that's my point because yeah, yeah. I think Zach will have the better stats. I think Taysom will have the better season because of the team. So I think every single person will take fewer stats if your team wins. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, you know Taysom Hill could have a good year too. Like if he has Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara yes. among others, which are you know one of the best wide receivers, one of the best running backs. 
That's pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, and it's interesting. This is New Orleans post-Drew Brees. What's it going to be like? Will Taysom Hill even win the job? We hope so. Jameis Winston is going to bring, bring an aggression downfield that has been lost uh, for a minute because Drew Brees' arm got uh, you know weaker over time as he got older. They just Pro Football Focus highlights, hey, thirty first in you know downfield passing rating. Um, so, but Jameis was a thirty and thirty guy. So touchdowns, interceptions, like whoa, that's thirty a- home runs, thirty stolen bases, exactly, uh, Ricky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, you look at Zach Wilson. It's like okay, he doesn't have he he has weapons. He does, um, you know, at wide receiver now, which is fun. Unproven group of running backs, mm-hmm. O-line getting better. They're not going to win a ton of games, but will Zach Wilson play from behind more? Therefore, he has more passing yards. Yeah. Uh, what's that going to look like? Taysom started four games. Don't forget when uh, you know uh, Drew Brees got hurt last year. Went 3-1. and one. Uh, His overall number, 73% completion rate, four passing touchdowns, two interceptions, 7.7 yards per attempt. That's kind of low. QBR 59, that's kind of low. Sacked 14 times, that's not great. Taysom Hill is going to get a real ch- shot this year. Like, Absolutely. If he's going to be a starter in the NFL, he's going to get a shot. Like, he, if he wins the job, he'll have a proven chance. Last year was sort of this, you know, uh, beta testing of Taysom Hill as a quarterback. So we'll see. I'm thinking it's going to be Zach. But what is better, right? If Taysom Hill can lead, uh, you know, the Saints to nine wins, uh, if he's a starter, that's certainly a tremendous year regardless of the stats because if he stays in there, yep. they have Jameis as an option if they want. So I, I'm interested to see what happens with that. Well, and I think one of the interesting things, and you mentioned, you know, now post-Drew Brees, how much of what we saw out of the Saints offense for the last 11, 12 years is still going to be the offense. Now, it's still Sean Payton. Especially if Taysom Hill's the guy and because now you change things. That's my point. With him as the quarterback – what are the opposing defenses now? Can they key in more on the receivers and Kamara, you know, Michael Thomas and those guys? Can they key in more not having to worry about all of the things that Taysom can do as a non-quarterback? So does, does, yeah. it, does it allow the defenses to be able to play more straight up as opposed to having to worry about some of those trick plays and some of those things that Taysom yes. brings that nobody else has. Can they? Can the Saints, uh, you know, do what they've uh, the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson a right. little bit, where it's like, hey, it's going to be run heavy, but Taysom Hill is a capable passer, but he's not a great NFL passer at this point. Perhaps he develops into that. We'll see. He's a good. I think he's a good passer. Um, numbers bear out that he's he's fine to good. I don't know that he's ever going to be a great NFL passer. I hope so. That would be awesome. But his strength isn't that. His strength is his ability to make a play with his feet, and perhaps that opens up the pass. We'll see. Zach Wilson, I mean, it, it, could, it could be rough initially. Like, let's be honest. It probably will be. But hopefully he has a, a tremendous year where Steve Young said he doesn't have to have amazing stats or even win a ton, but he has to have these moments where you say, oh, that's where the ceiling is. Like, it can happen. So it – I don't know that we, we'll go to the end and go, Zach Wilson had better stats and da, da, da. Prob- probably given how much he's going to be able to throw. But it is interesting that all, already PFF, who was in love with Zach after last year, is like third worst. It's just what it is. And I, don't, I, I think that's fair to Zach. He hasn't proven anything quite yet. Yeah, he's, he hasn't had a game yet. Well, I mean, let's go back and to – Taysom Mill has barely played. Let's at, go back the to the schedule release. And we went over this last week. For the New York Jets, just out of the first six games – Zach Wilson's first six games in the NFL, four of them are going to be on the road. So four of his first six are going to be on the road. He faces the Patriots twice in his first six games. His very first game, you talk about the storylines 
in abundance at Carolina against Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. I mean, it's it's in <laughs> it's insane to think about what he's going to get right out of the gate. So I, I am very curious. But here's the thing, and, I, and I've said this multiple times. I don't know how that's going to play out in, in terms of wins or losses. I, I said last week, I think right now, I would say four wins for the Jets right now. They can certainly change that depending on – there's yeah. always surprise teams. Yeah. But, I mean, one thing I know because I've seen it out of Zach is he will not be overwhelmed with the situation. He will be prepared. He will be ready to go out and fight to win a game. Yeah. That's what I know. How that translates remains to be seen. Right, right. Okay, let's look at the list, a few other things. So, Zach Wilson rated ahead of Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, Drew Locke with the Broncos. Interesting, okay. Agreed. Uh, hasn't proven anything quite yet, but uh, those guys have had some run. Zach, the lowest-ranked rookie that made it. There are three starters listed. Trevor Lawrence with the Jags at 21. Justin Fields with the Bears at 25. And then Zach with the Jets at 30. Sam Darnold, 28. So, um, my question isn't about Zach now. It's about Taysom Hill. Let's go th- up through this list above where Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston are and tell me if you think Taysom Hill is going to have a better year than these quarterbacks ranked above him. Okay. Um, Justin Fields, by the way, at 24. Sorry. Justin Fields at 25. So, Taysom Hill <laughs> slash Winston away. barely yeah. above in pro football focus list. Okay. 23, Carson Wentz with the Colts. I think he could, could I think have he a could, good I th- year with the Colts. I, th- I, think, I think Taysom could... Equal that? Could equal that, yes. Okay. okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, Niners. Niners have a ton of weapons. Not, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect that. They'll be healthy. I, I think there's too many weapons with Kittles yeah, and everybody else. Trevor Lawrence with the Jags. Can Taysom Hill be better than Trevor Lawrence with the Jags? I think he can. Equal to? I, I would hope so. You're yeah. talking about a, a first-year okay. guy. Daniel Jones, Jets. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He can be better than We're Daniel We're up to 19 Ryan Fitzmagic. You would hope so. With Washington. You would hope so, but Ryan Fitzmagic. Ryan the beard Fitz- won't be as good. That's a fact. The beard yes, is excellent. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Up to eighteen. Joe Burrow Bengals. From I, what we saw of Joe Burrow, I would rookie, I would not expect. I would say no. I would I would expect Joe Burrow to have a better season. Kyler Murray Cardinals. No. No, no way. Kyler. Ugh, listen, as an M- NFC West guy, I'm scared to death of Kyler Murray. Ben Roethlisberger. Old Man River. No, but the guy's still. Old Man Three Rivers. Yes. Yeah. Come on. He's still got it, right? Yes. Thirty-eight, coming off elbow surgery. Okay, Justin Herbert, Chargers, had one of the greatest rookie seasons ever. Look, I do not expect him to have the same type of year. I think, I think he took everybody by surprise. I think that comes down a little bit. I think but it's, I, I think but it's I, no. I, uh, so. No. I, I think this dude, I think Justin Herbert is really, really good. I, I do. And how good do we think Taysom Hill can be is the question. We've, we've seen, I think I've seen enough to sort of feel like I know what Taysom Hill as an NFL quarterback, but it's not been like his offense, he's the guy. Yeah. And even then, even if he wins the job, I don't know that he's the guy because the moment he throws three picks and a half and they're down 20, James come in. Like, this is more of a collegiate situation with the Saints than an NFL situation. I'm, a, I'm on the fence okay. with, with this one. Let's find where the line is where it's like definitely no. Kirk Cousins, Vikings, he throws for a lot of yards. He does throw for a lot of yards. Probably no. Derek Carr, could have a Derek Carr year. have a Derek Carr year. 12, Ryan Tannehill, I think that's where the line is. Tannehill up is... Is it's going to be tough. Matt Stafford, Rams. I'm scared to death of Matt Stafford. Yeah, that's, that offense defense. is going to be scary. Oh, my gosh. Baker Mayfield, Browns. No, no, no. So there's the line. Can Taysom Hill climb into the top 15 is the question. He's at 25 on this list. We'll see. Where will Zach Wilson uh, fare? We'll see. It's our question of the day. Who will have a better year as an NFL QB this season, Taysom Hill or Zach Wilson? What do you think? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. 
on BYU Sports Nation. Speak up. Andrew Simon on Twitter. Taysom Hill, not because he's the better player. That's an argument for another day. Rather because of the team they have surrounding him and the quality of the coaching. Yes, unproven first-year head coach in Robert Sala. Obviously, the Jets are going to be an uphill climb. The Saints are like, I just pencil them into the playoffs every year, even without Drew Brees. I would think, mm, wild-card team, probably. You're not going to beat the Bucks in that division um, with Tom Brady again. So, yeah. Uh, and, you, and you look at uh, the Falcons. Well, Matt struggle. Ryan now has a, has a weapon in, uh, in pits. Yes, he does. So you add, you add and, and – And that was kind of an off-year – you know, fired the coach. But they still score. Yes, they just their can't defense stop was terrible. <laughs> they just yes. can't stop anybody. At uh, score Salty. Is this Lee Kamard? What are you, is that you? On Instagram. I think with the weapons around him, Taysom Hill is more set up for success. That's not to say Zach won't have the better season, though. And again, what is better? Are, yeah. are we going much, stats or are we going win? What, what kind of combination? Are we looking at efficiency? Are we looking at quarterback rating? Are we looking at yards, yards per attempt? What are we looking at? Um, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, just how much meat can an entire offensive line consume in one sitting? Mm. The offensive line went to Bam Bam's. Mm, delicious. Recently, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And Mike Littlewood on winning nine of the last 11 and hosting Utah tonight at beautiful Larry H. Miller Field. Oh, look That's at one it. heck of a Zoom background. Look and, at that. And Mike's a good-looking dude, too. This is BYU Sports Day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hosting Utah tonight, rivalry game action from Miller Park. You can watch the game 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. You can listen on BYU Radio. The last time we saw BYU and Utah play, Cole Gamble gunned down a man at third to end the game. So perhaps we'll see some magic again tonight between BYU and Utah. Yeah, not and look, Cole Gamble has been on an absolute tear as of late, as has the entire team. So uh, let's keep this thing going. They've woken up. Uh, we're in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, great to have you. Our next guest is Mike Littlewood, the head coach of the BYU baseball team on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He's in his office. He's got the uh, you know fungal bats. It looks amazing. Mike, great to have you on the show. We're just talking about Cole Gamble's play against Utah last time these two teams met, and here we tangle again on a Tuesday night to finish the regular season here uh, tonight and then three games this week. So let's go out with a bang, right? Oh, absolutely. We want to finish, finish the season strong. Uh, we have four games left all here at home. But you mentioned Cole Gamble, and he's just been, man, he's been amazing the last month and a half. Not only offensively has he carried us against San Diego, him and Andrew Pintar basically carried us themselves uh, in that series win at San Diego. Cole did it himself basically. Um, and we're still getting great at-bats from other guys, but Cole hits a few home runs. He, he makes diving plays. He's throwing out guys. He, I think he has nine outfields assists, like he's th- he's, which means he's thrown nine guys out from the outfield, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I, I don't know why people run on him, but they, they continue to just try it. And every time a guy's going from set from first to the third, we're like, okay, we're out of this inning. And so he just, he's doing it all. Um, you know, he's as close to a five tool player as we've had at BYU and I'm, and he's getting better and better. So, well, and we mentioned the team playing really, really well right now. You've won nine out of the last 11 games. You've won the last three conference series. Give everybody an idea of just the, the environment right now around this group, because I, I know that, uh, that the confidence level is pretty high right now. Well, I don't think anybody's ready for the season to end. And if we would have just kind of realized our potential maybe 
instead of a month and a half ago, if we would have done that, uh, you know, we beat LMU, swept LMU for the first weekend series of league. And then we had, and then we had three or four down, down weeks and where we just didn't have a whole lot of confidence. We, maybe we thought LMU was a fluke. I don't really know, but as a coaching staff, we really believe that this team could do what we're doing right now. And um, I, I just feel, feel like it took a long time for the guys to realize the same thing. I mean, we go to Omaha and that's a team that I really felt like we should have won the series or swept, but it was just like, didn't feel like we could score a run. And then every time they got two outs, it was, they would score runs really easy. And there's sometimes those feelings come into your dugout, but right now it's confident. It's there's a calmness and the guys really feel good about themselves and everybody's pulling for one another. And that's what you need to win baseball games. And there's an opportunity to finish with a 500 record. If you win all four this week, that could be something notable given how the season started and uh, defensively things really turned around Friday and Saturday, a couple of uh, shutouts, Great pitching certainly helps, but what was the key to those? Well, Jack Sterner came out, had uh, multiple pitches that he that he could command that day, and then um, went deep into the game. And then, obviously, uh, Bryce Robinson was uh, incredible. One one guy away from going a complete game. I, I uh, in the ninth, he gave up a hit and then a walk. I felt like I had to get him out at about 110 pitches. It just felt like that. I wanted him to get that complete game, but it felt like the right thing to do. And you know, I, I just really feel like when you're throwing strikes and you're around the zone, it makes your defense kind of just stay on their toes and be ready to make plays. And when you're walking a bunch of guys, hitting guys, then the defense kind of takes a lull. And that's just, that's kind of how a baseball goes. And um, we, we played really good defense. We played good outfield defense. Um, our cutoffs and relays were really good. That helped us win a couple of games by balls going to the fence, hitting a relay guy, throwing to third and, and getting guys out. We caught the ball really well. We got timely hitting. Not only is uh, not only did Cole step up and have a, a big series, but all the supporting staff. I mean, Pintar had a, another home run. Mitch McIntyre struggled day one, but he came back and and uh, did a good job. Reed McLaughlin came out of the pen and just shut things down in a hurry. Carter Smith did a great job out of the pen. So, just we're we're just talk, you know you talk about those three things: pitching, defense, and timely hitting. We've been doing those for the last month. Where previous to that, we just were very very inconsistent. Coach, you mentioned a second ago just the guys aren't ready for the season to end. And with no postseason conference tournament, it would be so easy for guys to just say, well, what's the point? But that's not what this team has done. And, and you've just gone over you know, the list of, of everything this team is doing well right now. I've got to imagine as a coaching staff, you could not be more proud that this team has continued to fight. And right now, towards the end of the year, playing its best baseball of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt. And we knew, you know, everybody talks about record and I think the casual fan looks at all oh, the record. Um, everybody wants to be 40 and 11. I mean, uh, who doesn't want to be 40 and 11 or, you know, or 35 and 15, who doesn't want to do that? Um, but it's really tough to win college baseball games. And especially with our schedule going into Texas state and then playing Texas at Texas, who's uh, number three or five in the country right now. And, and then going to Oregon state. And by the way, uh, I think Oregon State and Texas are in the top six or seven in pitching numbers, like ERA, batter, um, batting average against, and all that stuff. They're there, and then the other ones are like Lipscomb and some other uh, just mid majors. But we face some really good pitching, and so we knew as a staff that we were not going to be, we weren't going to be ten and five, we weren't going to be twelve and three um, going into those that first month. So, and then we went to Utah, and, and you know who's who's always plays this tough. And so it was just a tough month and we've been digging ourselves out of the hole the entire, basically the entire year. And so 
I'm proud of the guys. It shows a lot of character, a lot of heart to, to be 11 games under 500 or 12 games under 500 a couple weeks ago and to be within striking distance of, of being 500 if we finish the season uh, with four wins. And it begins tonight against Utah 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio 107.9 FM, the BYU Cougars app. Uh, talking with Mike Littlewood, the BYU baseball coach. Talked about those seniors. They've certainly been a big part of this turnaround, and now it's the final week for them with no West Coast Conference tournament opportunity unique to this COVID 2021 season. What has this group meant to this team, and what will they be remembered for? Well, I think uh, we're, we're going to lose three guys for sure. Uh, Drew Zimmerman, Easton Walker, Danny Jelich. Um, who are all graduating and moving on. Uh, but the other seniors, Hayden Latham, Mitch McIntyre, you know, they, they got that COVID year that um, they, we've talked about them possibly coming back. And so um, I, I would just say I've seen Jelly, Jelly, Danny Jelich has been, has been everything for us. I mean, he's been here uh, for six years now with a mission and he's just one of those, he's been hurt this year. He started playing really well, been hurt, but we took him on, he was hurt, but we took him on the trip for us just because he's a stabilizing factor with the entire, uh, t- with the entire team. He's a mentor to so many guys. Easton Walker, we plan on him being maybe the Saturday starter, maybe a week, a midweek starter. And he just moved himself into the, the ACE role opening, opening weekend starter for us. And has just been, again, that calming factor, give him the ball, you know, you know, what you're going to get and Drew Zimmerman. And by the way, our senior day is, is, uh, this Saturday before the, before that uh, one o'clock game at Pepperdine, but uh, against Pepperdine, but Drew Zimmerman has just grown and grown and gotten better and better and better and more comfortable in his own pitching skin. And he's a guy that we're putting in games when it really, really matters in high leverage spots and get it done for us. And so um, a a Valdez is another success story catcher. We'll, we're we're going to miss him. Um, you know, he, he just, he, I, I've seen such a maturity and a maturing process the, the couple of years that he's been here. So he was a guy last year when, when COVID hit, he was in my office crying because it was over. And I'm so happy that he was able to get this extra year and just, just live out his dream of playing college baseball. You know, coach, when you think about the fact that you, know, you talked about some of the seniors who may come back, when you look at the guys that are this year's sophomores, but last year played 16 games as freshmen and got in a ton of playing time this year, you bring them back next year and have the bulk of them back. Plus some of these seniors, you go, you become immediately just one of the most experienced teams and that could pay huge dividends next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at you look at San Diego and Gonzaga, and there's a few other teams: Santa Clara, uh, Pepperdine. They're all very, very old um, and experienced. And Gonzaga starts, I think, seven seniors, seven COVID seniors or seniors, um, and then a junior and a freshman. And so, thank goodness those guys are going to be gone next year um, <laughs> because they're they're really, really good this year. And San Diego's really, really good this year. And a lot of their guys are going to be gone as well. And so we're going to, we'll mature and get older. We should basically have 95% of this team together for another year and maybe two years, which doesn't happen a whole lot at BYU because of the missions and, you know, get guys getting married and different things. But um, this continuity that everybody talks about um, is really going to help us next year. And that's why I'm so glad that this team showed so much heart and character to turn things around and, and build and have some positives going into next year. That's why I'm not ready to end this thing. Sometimes you're like, wow, is the season over yet? Please be over. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just want this season to keep going. And I know a lot of the, the other guys do as well. 
Yeah, sometimes we feel that same way. We're not going to say which sports, but yeah, it's all good. No, I'm just complaining. Um, <laughs> yeah. BYU in Utah tonight. This is game four. BYU's one and two this season. You have a chance to even it up. Uh, what's the scouting report, uh, and who's going to start for BYU tonight? Well, I think uh, Cy Nielsen is going to start for us, and we're, we're hope- he started against Utah Valley our last midweek. Hoping to get three or four really good ones out of him. Uh, good opportunity for him to, to get a start against a good team. You know, and, and you look at Utah's record, 14 and 28, 5 and 20 in their league. Obviously, they're not having the kind of year that they want. But again, when we play each other, you just throw everything out the window, and it's it's a dogfight. And um, it's going to be kind of a staff day for us. So guys out of the pen are going to have to to come in and do their jobs. And the tough thing for us is we play Thursday, Utah plays Friday. And so we have one day rest for all of the guys who throw tonight. So we have to be careful. We want to win the game. That's number one, but we don't want to be totally depleted on Thursday out of our pen. And so it's just one of those things that you have to kind of be careful with, keep your guys under 25 pitches and hopefully they're ready. They can win. We can win tonight and be fresh on, on Thursday. Well, good luck against the Utes tonight. We look forward to it on uh, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coach, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it, Mike Littlewood on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Love BYU versus Utah baseball. Always a good game. Always great. Can't wait to get over to the ballpark tonight. Coming up, a national champ joins us. Tyler Clancy on the show. Let's go. And bracketology in May, does it matter? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Shrek, Girl Power, and a Bucks debut all on the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm intrigued. I'm not sure uh, how that combination goes together, so I'm going to make sure I watch. He is Jason. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cook Whip Rounds presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. All right, Jerem, a win tonight for BYU over Utah in the baseball would give the Cougars a season split in the series. However, they are down 17-11 in aggregate scoring. Why we're doing that, I I, I have no idea why we're doing aggregate score. Uh, Does BYU need to outscore Utah by 7 to really win tonight? No, they'll have the last lap. Thank you. No, of course not. Whether you win by one or 30. Now, 30 would be no, awesome. Third, well, I will 30 take 30. Nice. Beating Utah by 30, I will take. But, no, you just get the win. That, that that's, nice. all that, that's all that matters. Uh, how does uh, bracketology in May sound? Because Joe Lenardi uh, put out uh, you know his latest bracketology. He's seven out. Does that do anything for you in no. May? No. Look, we don't even know who's on this team yet. How is Joe Lenardi? I know Spencer Johnson, the Instapot is. How, how does Joe Lenardi know what BYU basketball is going to do when we're still waiting for the team to be put together? Well, and the transfer rule has changed everything to where you can't prognosticate as easily. Look, it's, if he had him as the last four in, I may be giving him some credit. But if they're on the out, uh, what yeah, do I care? Nothing for me. Either. Yeah, but yeah. It's fun. It's content. All right, we've been talking about this. It makes us hungry. Coach Funk tweeted this picture out last night of the offensive line having dinner at Bam Bam's Barbecue, which begs the question. We are. We're going for lunch today. Uh, Just how much barbecue can an offensive line consume? So normally, Jeremy and I would make guesses here, but instead of just guessing, we're going to go directly to the source. Uh, Cam True is the owner of Bam Bam's Barbecue, and he joins us right now on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. So, Cam, we're coming to you for the answer. How much food did the O-line eat last night? Well, first of all, hi. 
What's uh, up? And Hi. here's how much it is. It's 25 pounds. Whoa! 17 dudes, 25 pounds. So basically, it half, was, pound and it a half was remarkable. Three separate cuts. We gave them their first cut. It wasn't enough. Gave them their second. Wasn't enough. Did their third. Finally put them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Those dudes can throw down, right? The O line? They're, they're, they're my favorite, favorite people to feed in all of BYU athletics, besides maybe the women's soccer team. There you go. Okay, so, all right, so Cam, so Jerem, myself, and Ben are coming there for lunch. How much meat do you think we can eat? How many pounds would you prepare for us? Two and a quarter. I'm very specific. I like that. I'm going to eat a pound of that. <laughs> we should mention that Cam is like the official barbecuer of, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints, essentially, right? Via Taysom. You've got to know Drew Brees. You're a big Saints fan. Now. That's pretty cool, man. It's it's one of it's probably the highlight of my career so far. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Besides this Besides interview? being on the show right now, right? Well, actually, I wanted to say that. I didn't know if I had to be all quick, but I've always wanted to be on the show, and here I am. Here we are, man. I love so, it. Thank you, guys. This Fast, is exciting for me. Fast and the Furious. Cam, thanks for uh, jumping on the program, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. 25 pounds. That's amazing. Okay. back. To, that's a pound and a half per person. Okay. Um, and thanks to Cam for joining us. That's that's fun. We love Cam. Okay. On the picture. Harris Lachance, by the way, he's got a, he's got a new look going. He's got a mulet. Okay. Mullet and mustache. <laughs> I don't know if he's taking on semi-truck driving in the offseason, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a great look for him, man. He's going to be a starting tackle on the left or right side. He's going to be awesome. That's great. 25 pounds. I am so... Craving the chopped oh, yeah. beef right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh. Going, I'm going brisket and turkey. Okay, congrats to the Santa Clara women's soccer team, by the way, who won the national championship, beat uh, Florida State in uh, extras, uh, in penalty kicks, in fact. Is there a moral victory there because we always split with West Coast Conference foe Santa Clara and the aggregate? We love that today. 3-3. <laughs> three, three. We've, we've had now multiple mentions of aggregate on this show. Um, is I mean, yeah, I mean, you you, you have that nice feather in your yes. cap that you beat. You beat the national champ. Yes, so, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the one at home that we broadcast was was oddly officiated, to be frank. And, uh, yeah, BYU lost that one. But BYU won a non-conference game on the road against Santa Clara. So, hey, you know, you know what? SEC, you know, they always they, they have SEC. WCC represent the national champs. From this country. You also know what I'm grateful for right now after seeing those highlights? The fact that that was played in snow and we don't have any right now. Yes. Well, it's May in Utah. It could still happen. That is that is true. <laughs> don't rule it out. That is certainly Cam, true. Cam True's debut on the show. <laughs> yes. All right, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday, the softball edition. And Tyler, don't call me Tam, Tom Clancy of the National Champion Lacrosse team will join us. Tell us about winning the Natty. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball looking to even the series with Utah tonight at Miller Park. Listen to the game locally on BYU Radio 107.9 FM or the BYU Cougars app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jeremy Jordan. He is Jason Shepard. Our next guest is the BYU Lacrosse Senior Captain, the pride of Beaufort, South Carolina. His name is Tyler Clancy. 
on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline and BYU coming off of the National Invitational Tournament Championship, a.k.a. winning the National Championship. Tyler, you guys did it in Round Rock, Texas. What was it like, and are you still celebrating? Well, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, Got to admit, definitely still coming down a little bit. It was an exciting, exciting weekend with the, with the boys down in Texas. Um, I, think, I, I think it's safe to say it didn't even set in for us until it was the fourth quarter of the National Championship. And we're up by like five. And all of a sudden, we started looking around. There's like two minutes left. And we said, guys, I think we did it. Um, but really, it was, a, it, was, it was a lot of fun and uh, exciting times. Okay, so when you win the national championship, and by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, this is BYU lacrosse's fifth national championship, correct? The first in 10 years. Is that accurate? That's right. Since 2011, so that, 10 years on the dot. So, so what do you get? Do you get, you get a trophy? Do you get anything individual like rings? Is that to be determined? What, what do you get when you win it? Yep. So we, we got, we got a trophy from the, from our the MCLA. We're getting rings probably sometime in the fall, but when we got back to our hotel that we were staying at all week, they also gave us some plastic gold medals. So that's going to be also <laughs> in the memorabilia case, uh, from the staff there. Hey, cool. hey, listen, in the COVID year with an extra mural, it's, it's great. It's all good. You, you win, right? Oh, we'll take what we can get. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> when I first started here, I sidelined lacrosse. So I, it, I've, Followed the team for a long time. Congratulations. And as Jason mentioned, a fifth national championship. That's super awesome. What was this year like for you guys? Because it's one thing to, okay, you have the NCAA is going to throw the – no, no, no. This is the MCLA, which for those who don't know, there's not a ton of teams out west that do this. But there's a lot of big schools that have an MCLA lacrosse team. And you guys went through who showed up at this tournament and won. Um, what, was, what was this season like? And what was it like to go to this national championship and win it? Definitely. So, I mean, from the get-go, it was a, it was a tough year. Um, we we brought together a talented group of guys with some challenging circumstances. As as everyone knows, I don't have to rehash rehash that situation. But um, we, I think the the key to success for us this year is we played wee ball. Um, I'm telling you, these are guys that don't get scholarships. None of us, uh, you know, obviously get our school paid for to play. We do it for the love of the game and for the love of each other. We get up at 5.30 in the morning and run till our, till our feet fall off. We lift hard. We, we work hard. We practice for about two and a half hours. And I'm telling you, the, the hard work that we put in really showed out, especially in Texas, in that last three-game stretch. We had to run and run and run in the hot, humid, uh, round rock sun. And, boy, did that those, all of those mornings finally paid off. Um, I think one of the toughest parts of the season was when our coach came to us before the game, Coach Matt Schneck, before our very first game and said, gentlemen, just spoke to the administration and there's going to be no fans allowed this year in any of our games. And that was tough. That was heartbreaking for a lot of us. But I think it just goes to show the grit of this team and the things that we've been able to overcome, not just this year, um, but in that 10-year stretch of what it took for us to get back to the national championship. All right, Tyler, uh, we like to bring the hard-hitting questions here. So I'm going to throw one at you here that, uh, quite frankly, has bothered me because I can't find an answer to it. Last week on okay. the show, we were looking up uh, different things about lacrosse. I had mentioned that I, I don't know a ton about the sport of lacrosse. And so we were just trying to looking up terminology and things like that. One of the things that we stumbled upon was that the lacrosse stick has many different names, one of which is called a Betsy. Do you can you can you enlighten me as to why the lacrosse stick might be called a Betsy? Oh, you know what, guys? I 
I wish I could provide some insight, but maybe that's like old school across or something like that. <laughs> I genuinely have never heard of that either. So, Wait, so you don't know. <laughs> I am not going to feel so bad that I don't know that then. It's not a thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It seriously. Be. I, yeah. That, that's yeah. a left field. It must not be a thing. <laughs> um, you, you were part of a group of three seniors that came back for an extra year with Jared Cotter and Tyler Mumford and sons. What, what, did, what was it like for you guys to rally this group, be the captains and finish on top like this? Well, I have to say that for me, I, I was on the slow academic track, so I was going to come back for school anyway. But, <laughs> um, uh, you know, Jared and Ty are two amazing examples of, of that BYU lacrosse program. These are guys that on and off the field are just representative of some of the best quality individuals you can find at BYU. So, um, you know, our year got cut short last year, and we were having a really good year. We got together over the summer, and they said, guys, we've got to finish what we started. And so they, they made the, the sacrifices, um, you know, with their families and with academics, made, made some switches in their, their plans, but uh, it paid off. So they, they were a huge, I mean, just a big anchor for our defense and for our t- entire team as a whole. Obviously, you've been playing lacrosse for a while. Take us back to, uh, to Beaufort, South Carolina. Give everybody an idea of what, uh, what life is like in Beaufort, South Carolina, and how did a young Tyler Clancy get into the sport of lacrosse? Well, Beaufort, South Carolina is just one of the best places on earth. I, I think everyone should visit. It's a hidden gem of the South for sure. Um, lacrosse in Beaufort was actually, when I was growing up, it was pretty small. We had, a, we had a, just a club team of a couple of the guys from each of the high schools around us. We all played on one team. So that was in seventh grade. Um, and, and we played against the other school teams, even in southern Georgia, all the way up and down South Carolina. Um, it was the, kind of that same mentality, that blue-collar lacrosse, where, hey, look, we might not be the most talented team, but we're going to work, uh, you know, we're gonna work and, and make it happen. So I went to BYU lacrosse camp in 2014 um, when I was still in high school and coach Schneck talked to me and, and I was really inspired by the, those senior captains uh, when I was at camp and just the, the quality of the character of those individuals. And I could see that there was just something special here and I wanted to be a part of it. So when I got accepted, um, I knew that this was the place I wanted to come and play for coach Schneck. And it's been such a great experience, such a great ride uh, for me in my life. Well, what a way to go out on top as well in uh, you know, your, your senior year, your second senior year as an All-American and national champ. That's pretty awesome. I also want to bring up something awesome. For those who follow Provo Culture, you are a big part of this, actually. <laughs> the basic BYU Bro account, which I do follow on Instagram. Um, tell us about why you decided to start this and what it takes to run that, because that culture is certainly filled with, uh, you know, flat brim hats and, uh, you know, sleeveless shirts. Well, look, I, uh, I took it over from a friend named Keaton. Um, but I think it's just, I think it's always fun. I mean, as a lacrosse player, you know, you fall into the basic Provo bro culture with going to Vasa fitness and, <laughs> and uh, wearing the sleeveless shirts. So, this is you know, Jason. it's always fun. You gotta I was going to say, I do go to Vasa and I wear sleeveless. <laughs> so uh, I fit right in. <laughs> We're we're all in this together, guys. We we we've got to stick together and poke fun at ourselves and and just have a good time and and bring people together and and have some fun. Well, we wish everyone the best of luck uh, in the summer sales that are uh, you know uh, pending, <laughs> if that's the case, right? Yeah, so, that's like that's like half the lacrosse team. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we're going out high. 
Okay, well, congratulations on everything. Thanks for uh, joining the program, Tyler, and we appreciate the time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Tyler Clancy, impressive stuff. Very good. Fantastic interview. Hey, and if you notice in the back, a little Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan in the background that made me happy. Who's the president? Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Who's the president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. The actor? actor? I love that. (laughs) So great. Best movie of all time, Back to the Future. Uh, No argument for me. All right. Coming up, love is in the air and our rise and shout outs. And top five Tuesday featuring softball. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. You can always download the podcast as well. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast while you're there. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, Ames Flames, friend of the program, says the stock isn't called a Betsy. Lacrosse sticks often have nicknames such as Betsy. My nephew named his Will. Oh. So there you go. What would you name your lacrosse stick? Uh, probably uh, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yesterday. Oh, yeah, and then I would just destroy it. I don't know if you saw the beginning of the show yesterday. Long stick midi, by the way. Uh, Dave McCann and I were on the show. Heard, heard of him. Dave began the show I by the referencing Dennis. And I thought, lowered Jeremy's not going to approve of this. He's no. not going to like this. No, I did approve of it. He said Dennis lowered the bar. But I just thought that, you know, mentioning the name would upset you. No, 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 no. It's not like Voldemort or something. <laughs> All right, it's Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing via the NCAA tournament-bound BYU softball team. Let's go, babe. Number 5, Riley Jensen, who, by the way, was on the show, batting right-handed. She's a lefty in the blue-white scrimmage. This was her last at bat. Oh, I didn't see this. Gail Miller Field, bottom of the seventh. She starts out with the swing and misses. Then she asks if she can switch. She hits a triple. What in the world? Hitting from the other side, and it is her last at bat at Gail Miller Field. How about that? The team was down 10, so yes, resort to anything. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I didn't see that. Yeah. Number four, softball plays of the year. Marissa Chavez, diving catch versus San Diego. Oh, she is an excellent fielder. Makes the play. At short, dives into center field and makes the grab. You only went on to sweep the series. Outscored San Diego 17-4 in that series. Number three, Hannah Joe Peterson. The two-run triple versus number 25, Baylor. Now the Bears led 5-4 going into the bottom of the six. Gets that one through. BYU gets the win. They end up sweeping Baylor in this series. That also was Coach Gordon Eakin's 700th win as I mentioned, the Cougars sweeping number 25, Baylor. That's a triple on a... Uh, Look at that. Right up the middle. Bouncer in the dirt. Look at that. All the way through, all the way to the wall. Seven hundred for Gordon Eakin. That's awesome. Number two, Riley Jensen running catch versus Dixie. Cougars were leading 7-1 in the sixth. Riley Jensen in left field. The dive to her left and keeping on her feet, in fact. Didn't even go to the ground. What a grab. By the lefty. Now, if she had played right-handed in the outfield as well, that would have been next level. If you follow BYU softball, you know what number one is. Martha Epinesa, the walk-off home run versus the University of Utah. Look at that. Beautiful, majestic. Look at that. In the bottom of the seventh, hitting the grand slam 
So Utah hit a grand slam in the top of the seventh to take a 6-5 lead. Yeah. Then in the bottom of the seventh, right after Hunter Alba hit a solo shot, Epinesa knocked out one of her own, winning the game, walking it off against the University of Utah, getting some revenge from an earlier loss to the Utes. What a an epic finish to the BYU-Utah game. Oh, man, those are the top it's, five softball plays of the season. And it's appropriate, BYU baseball as Utah in tonight. And you are a fan of Arthur, Martha Epinesa because she gave your daughter a ball the other day. She gave, she gave my daughter Audrey a softball. That was yeah. my rising shout-out yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. Our question of the day, who will have a better year as an NFL quarterback this season, Taysom Hill or Zach Wilson? <laughs> Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at 22KaiGuy on Instagram. Trick question, Micah Simon. They saw the tape. They'll use him for a few plays at quarterback. <laughs> he did have a run there, right, in 2019 where he's throwing some passes. Which Absolutely. Is Threw a touchdown pass against Liberty to Matthew Bushman. Liberty, Liberty. No, I won't. That's, we've already done enough free, <laughs> free sponsored content on the, sh- on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Throughout the uh, afternoon, we'll try and engage with you uh, that way as well. But, man, uh, Okay, today's Rising Shoutout presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Congratulations to two uh, uh, Cougars. Fred Warner got engaged. Congratulations to he and Sydney. Uh, popped a question. That's awesome. He's like doing it in a, a vineyard or something. And then Trevin Nell did it as well. Uh, so congratulate. Trevin Nell was in like a van down by the river. Like I like Foley. how he decorated that. That's uh, It was that's, legit. That must, was legit. He must add help. Trevin's awesome, but, uh, yeah, you must have help. So congratulations to those two guys uh, on, uh, you know, tying the knot in the future here, getting engaged. That's pretty cool, man. Absolutely. Okay. Our thanks to today's guests, Mike Littlewood and Tyler Clancy. Conversation continue, continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. While you're there, always use hashtag BYUSA. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Apana Nakayama. BYU baseball. Let's go. He lives in my neighborhood. Does he? Seriously? No, seriously. Are you serious? Yeah, he's like four, he's like four streets Tell away. Tell him hi. I haven't seen him in a decade. See you tonight for BYU baseball versus Utah, 80 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYU Cougs app. Go Cougs! Let's go to lunch.